electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber, along with Jim Cramer. Carl's on assignment this morning. Let's give you a look at futures as we head into what is the final trading session for the week. Looks like we're going to have a slightly higher open. Um, eh. Eh, yeah, exactly. Can't really tell much these days, given the volatility. Let's get to our roadmap this morning, though. Uh, it does st- start with the softening retail engagement. And that leads us to shares of Robinhood, which will be sharply lower this after a key analyst downgrade. We're going to talk about that. Also, what would a day be without talking about Elon Musk? Tesla's gigatech, uh, Texas bash. Musk promising the Cybertruck next year and that the company will see scale that, quote, no company has ever achieved. And finally, some macro talk as well. Inflation, is it fueling a corporate ad market slowdown? Hmm. Got some details there for you, Jim. Good, because I don't have that. Yeah, you saw some of the names yesterday. Um, You know, let's start, sort of take a little different tack here. Start with some research. Start with uh, Goldman Sachs and that downgrade of Robinhood to sell. They were the underwriter, I believe, as well, way, way back when this company came public, not that far back, really, Uh, I kid. What are your thoughts about this? You've been focused on this name for quite some time. You've had a variety of different um, uh, pieces of advice, I would say, for the company through time. Obviously, you know, I followed it when it was private and, you know, 22 million people app. Really very exciting. David, this piece is devastating because it basically says no, they're nowhere near making their numbers. Uh, there's no real valuation that they that they can prop up on. Unlikely to reach profitability in 2023. That's not this year. That's next year. So you're talking about maybe a 2024 story. Uh, it seems like that people aren't. They kind of found the market. They enjoyed it for a while, and now they're. Well, when you have adjusted EBITDA margins of 2%, that was last year, and you do yeah. guide to as much as 15 to 20% growth in adjusted mm. expenses, it's not easy. No. And, the, you know, the company's going quiet. They used to be very boisterous, telling you about how many young people liked it and they went in and got excited. And then I used to argue with them, listen, a lot of your guys are doing options, and so you're going to get crushed if the market ever goes down. Of course, they refuted that, but numbers... You know, number you are what your record says you are, and uh, user growth has remained depressed. Upload, download, it's cool. So, David, I'm not saying this is an FITP flash in the pan. I am saying that the joy with which younger people approach the market, particularly the options market, that may be a thing of the past. But I'm not. Why is any of this a real surprise? Because despite its popularity as a trading platform, I don't know that there was ever. Uh, a great deal of consensus on its ability to actually make a lot of money. You're right. You're right. I mean, I remember when it came public and there was tremendous enthusiasm in the 30s and it went up. And then it's really just crashed, basically. And I think a lot of what happened is is people who liked the name, this is one of the things that happened all, 
whether it be an Allbirds or whether it be a Traeger or a Weber, people were buying the stocks of companies they liked. Right. Rent the runway. Okay. You know, rent the old the Peter bear. Lynch, the old Peter Lynch approach. Yeah, but they didn't look whether, remember Peter Lynch, you were supposed to start there. Right. You, you weren't supposed to end there. Like the wife likes the Hanes with the yep. eggs, so then he pulls the file. Then do your but work. But they, ne- they never pulled the file. Right. As a matter of fact, they don't even know what that means. Now, I don't want to den- a lot of these guys were just options traders and when the market was good. Like, I remember when, uh, when Dave Portnoy, when he was, like, picking names out and they were all wor- working. Mm-hmm. Well, that was, in- that was emblematic of an era. And now what's a shame is, is that that was not the way Robin Hood started. Robin Hood started with people saying, you know what? I'm very interested in seeing, you know, maybe GE here. At six, they like the single-digit stocks, uh, but they kind of lost their way. They don't really offer you. Do you get the uh, snacks, their little memos? I, I don't, but I do wonder well, they're whether like, they're, they're still, very good. They're like a high long? school production, which is excellent because I used to go like I was in my high school production. I was in Guys and Dolls. You know, it's kind of that level. <laughs> hey. <laughs> You, you were know, dressed I, for it the other day, but not today. Okay, uh, no, but, no, but I was also, I, I, I did not get into Brigadoon. I was cut. Mm. Um, but their high school production uh, thing that they put out is yes. very enjoyable. It's called the Snacks or something, and it's usually about two days old. Right. It's very good. Um, it's very good. But, you it's know, like the long Robin term, Hood himself, remember? We move on, in the, tights. The long it's term, Robin Hood in tights. Oh, uh, yeah, Mel Brooks. Um, There's nothing wrong with by it. By the way, great book. His, uh, his book, All About Me. Is really, it good? Yeah, great. Really good read. Um, How's Carl Reiner looking at the book? How's it? Yeah, of course. I love Carl Reiner. Um, no, I'm not joking around. I mean, this but what about like, the franchise value overall? That, 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 that even despite the inability to get to, to get to profitability and or at least well, at the point where, the, where investors thought that they are still amassing a, a, a base of, of clients who are going to be a value Well, they're not amassing point. a base of clients anymore. They're not? No, it's okay. not going up. Well, that would As a matter of fact, the... Uh, Daily average numbers versus Swab. There's a very good example, Exhibit 19 yes. of the people versus Robinhood. Yes. Does talk about how uh, the decrease versus Swab. In Exhibit 20, 35% of Robinhood's customers had subprime credit. Now it's probably worse. Subprime credit, credit, and they're in credit, and they're in um, options, and they're borrowing. Right. Now to to Robinhood's credit. That's. <laughs> He's got nothing. <laughs> All right, let's go from Robin Hood. Uh, let's uh, let's. That was on. not. That was not a positive thing because if you're on the podcast, you might have thought it cut out. Yeah. You know, because remember, you always do that thing for the podcast after we do the mid dash. I know. I know. So what people are thinking? They blipped it. They're thinking I said curse words. What would you rather talk, Tesla or Peter Thiel? And wow. crypto. I like a positive story. I like Tesla. You do? Well, I mean, Tesla gets you really good numbers. That's why everyone uses it. I, I say we do Tesla as well. Right. I'm going to so overrule our producers because basically we can do that because we're sitting here at the desk. Although we do want to talk about Peter Thiel and those incendiary comments yeah, that, Those well. I thought were over um, the top. But as for Elon Musk, I mean, what would a week be? What would a day be without mentioning Mr. Musk? This time not in uh, relation to Twitter, but more because of that cyber rodeo they had last well, night. substitute. He spoke I mean, it, at a grand it, opening event for the company's $1.1 billion factory near the Austin airport in Texas. He said Tesla aims to produce half a million Model Y vehicles at that factory. It's going to also start cyber truck production next year. And he talked about the importance of scale. 
This is why scale, scale matters. In order to make a real difference, uh, a really big difference to sustainability, we have to make a lot of cars, we have to make a lot of stationary packs uh, to, tra to transition the world to sustainable technology as quickly as possible. It's quite a look. It's quite a look he's got working there. He's Henry Ford without the protocols of Zion. You know, it's something that we don't talk about as often. That's nice to hear, by the way, as well. Uh, something we don't talk about as often is uh, the, the hours for a electric vehicle, a production, versus Volkswagen, for example. Um, I think Volkswagen, I've read this in print, Volkswagen CEO talked about it, it takes us 30 hours. It takes him 10 for one vehicle. The efficiency, oh, and in part electric vehicles amazing. are obviously uh, less intensive. They have uh, robots making them all, right? They got the factor, the, yeah. you know. The, not, yeah, no, um, he's got it down. Uh, but that's, you know, very important in their ability to obviously yeah. continue to scale. They're, They're talking about what is, and he has a million, cars. I know, two million cars, two a million and a half this year, perhaps, uh, or more in terms of sales coming out of a, a quarter where they sold about 310,000, despite what were supply chain issues. In and China, obviously this is a new... China shut down, and he still made the numbers. Yeah. How does he do that? I don't know. I mean, like, Mao would have been so proud, but not she, because he just, everything's by China, including their lousy vaccines that don't work. To that point, it, 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 it is worth also mentioning I don't that work for Pfizer, that continues no. to add even more strain to the global economy right now. That, that shutdown in Shanghai, fix that. Uh, the journal reporting this morning on not just Tesla, which has been the factory there has been closed since, I believe, March 28th, uh, but Apple. Uh, and the complexity of the supply chain, which we've all learned so much about over these last few years, even prior to the pandemic, really, when we were in the and continue to be in something of a trade war. But, Jim, you know. Things get stuck. Things are required to be manufactured partially there and then go somewhere else. There's not a lot going on right now uh, in the factories in Shanghai no, and or that region, even though the port is open. I mean, she's, I mean, I know he's president for life, but there is a bit of an election in November. I mean, they actually try to, they get together and supposed to just ratify Xi. Right. Well, he better get it together. And what he has to do is either get our vaccines or accept the fact that people over 50 can get sick. He cannot shut down. You get, look. We could not shut down our country no, for five weeks we without Southern no, governors declaring Zero secession. COVID policy doesn't seem to be one that's working very well. They no. have 20,000 now a day in Shanghai, obviously. Well, it's a city of 18 million like they're people. Ill, they're unrealistic. There's, uh, Dr. Gottlieb was talking about a, a huge number of people over 50 who've not been vaccinated. We have a vaccination that's is about as efficient as our flu vaccine. And China's all-powerful. They're as all-powerful as Russia turned out to be. They're only all-powerful in the minds of the mainstream media. They have a much more powerful economy than do the Russians. I think we can all oh, agree Russia's on that. Russia's got the economy of Italy, which we, without the incredible Armani jackets that you have. Yeah. It's, it's, kind of, it's a great look. Thank you. Um, I'd lose the sweater, obviously. That's... Yeah, I may actually get rid of the sweater even during the course of the show. But then I got the dark shirt on, and we're going to say and that would look really cool. Let's go back to Italy, for Dave. Italy wanna... Texas versus Russia. Now, Ru uh, let's go, you, let's go back. Actually, are you let's familiar go... with the Battle of Kursk? Oh my God! Do we really have to discuss Russian history again? Well, because the Ukrainians are calling for tanks. Yes. To go against Russia, which they're finally going. Russia does know how to fight in an open plain war with tanks because they actually defeated the Germans. So, I mean, that, that's the nightmare for if, if Ukraine gets to a tank war with Russia, Russia wins. But they obviously are not 
winning. They won't win in Kharkov, but 100, but 100 miles from Kharkov, it was a great Russian victory, and Kharkov was the greatest Russian defeat in World War II. So we're replaying no, no, that because Putin cares is, tremendously about history. World War II was 80 years ago. Putin now, cares about the great that that Russian, the Russian army that you books. keep referring to from then is the same one as now. They, they have tanks. All right. We're going to get to a lot more here, including talking a lot more about uh, stocks this morning. We'll get to those Peter Thiel comments as well as we as he referred to uh, Warren Buffett, not particularly nice terms. I don't think a couple of other, as he called them, New York bankers as well. Let's give you a look at futures this morning. Uh, as you see, we're coming, kind of coming off a little bit there on the Dow. We'll see. It's been a, a down week so far. More squawk on the street, though, straight ahead. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. You didn't play it. You played it and then you didn't play it. Come it's on. It's a favor report? Yeah, it's I a didn't favor hear report. Johnny. I know. Um, I want to talk about, uh, you know, you may have noticed this yesterday, and in fact, you had an interview with the CEO as well of ConAgra, Jim. Uh, there was, Sean? There was unexpected weakness, I think, in some of the old, let's call them, uh, media companies that are still reliant to a, a large extent on broadcast advertising. Uh, and in part, some of that weakness may actually have come from ConAgra. Just one line in the press release yesterday in which they said uh, their uh, advertising and promotion for the quarter decreased 11.5% to $65 million. J.P. Morgan came out with a note saying they expect another step down in the fourth quarter of 2022 versus a year ago, and then perhaps a step up in, in that kind of spending. Uh, it may have been specific to ConAgra, and I know you, you had a long-ranging discussion. They, they bad gross margins they were trying to make gross margins as they can. Now, they do own certain aisles in the supermarket. They're doing a good job. Uh, but they were trying very hard uh, to not get crushed by inflation. Uh, this, the idea of where they're getting their customers is hard for me because uh, it's not a direct-to-consumer story. It's more of a millennial story now. Right. Um, but that's very interesting. That they- yeah. Uh, you know, and again, these are always concerns. My understanding is that the ad market is still growing, uh, perhaps mid single digits here in the U.S. Uh, for the, you know, versus stronger growth uh, in other markets. Uh, the comparisons may be more difficult year over year as they are for so many different parts of business right now. 
but it signaled a concern, and you saw the weakness, whether it was Disney, but, whether it was our parent company, Comcast, right. which was not down on concerns about cable, no, but right. actually about NBC Universal, the, Look, uh, the part of the company going, we're with, Paramount, Discovery, Scripps even. Although Bob Backish might, he's come up with other ways to make money. But, yeah, well, the focus for so many. I think he so may many, disagree with that, particularly on the weekend of the Masters. Yeah, so much of the focus but, is on, on direct to but, consumer, but, then, but the fact say, is the ad business is still an important one for many right, of these can companies. Can I just say that the the... The Google uh, return on investment case is perhaps the greatest I've ever seen in advertising. And if you don't put money with them, I think you're just, where's for you, Porette? She talked about this. They will give you a report exactly of where your people are buying and what they're doing. And you just throw money at them and you get more money back. It, 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 is, the, it is the most insane positive return on investment I've ever seen in all the businesses I've run. Which other than hotels tonight. Even if there is a slowdown in traditional broadcast ads, you don't believe that, no. that Alphabet will see any diminution no. at all. No, in it's, the money's going their way. It's just, it's so spectacular. And by the way, the, the reports that they give you, yeah. I mean, you feel, you know, advertising, it's like, well, 50, you, you know, half of it works. We just, <laughs> we don't know which, right, half. which half. Google, 100% of it works. I know exactly how it works. And that, I that look goes at the, to why know, their, their numbers are, are it, you know, are, are multiples of the, all the ad spending for all these companies. It's not, it's it, it's not nighttime saturation. It's daylight precision. Right. Um, I did want to also use this as a, uh, an opportunity to talk about Discovery in particular, because this is the last day that AT&T and Discovery okay. will trade, let's call it separately, um, in the sense of uh, the deal gets done after the close tonight. Uh, and want to remind people what we're talking about here. Warner Discovery will begin trading on Monday as an independent company. Uh, we'll have 2.4 billion shares outstanding. Remember, 1.7 billion shares roughly are being distributed to current AT&T shareholders. Uh, and one of the key questions is how many of those shares will be immediately sold? Uh, and, you know, any number of people are trying to figure that out. There's, Jim, you know, index fund to index fund. It, you may have some that have to sell, but then you'll have others that have to buy. buy. So it cancels itself out. There are income funds that own about 200 million shares. Over time, they would be expected to sell Discovery. Right. It's not an income play, as AT&T might still be. There's 70 million shares short. Um, there also, though, are... Those could be short versus getting stock. Right. We They'll be getting sure. stock they're off not betting against. Well, no, they're shares short, and then there are 70 million that are actually setting up the so arms so that they will get. additional shares short betting right. against Dave Zadla doing a good I job. I don't know. Yes, there are some, but or betting on that this will pressure the stock, this so-called flowback that we talked yeah, about. But good. the most important is the retail investors of AT&T. Uh, as many as half of the 1.7 billion shares being distributed will go to retail accounts, and the question remains very much unclear. How many of them will be sold, sold quickly? How many of them will be kept? Uh, and that gets to this concern again about how much stock is going to come back to the market before you sort of settle out here. But Discovery, 2.4 billion shares outstanding. Well, Obviously, the enterprise value far larger so than the market value, given it's only a $23 stock. Um, and I did note yesterday, and this is the key, it's like the first 100 days for Zaslav are going to be very important. And this is the uh, partially some of the key here, uh, Jim, is, is what he's going to do. And I did notice from the uh, announcement yesterday of their future leadership team. Uh, this one sentence, which I thought was interesting. The new leadership team draws on a diverse set of leaders from both organizations, provides continuity, and creates a flatter organizational structure to drive creativity, accountability, and collaboration. You don't often see that, uh, accountability uh, I mean, in that way. if you don't way. make the numbers, someone's fired. 
and meaning perhaps that there's a real opportunity here in terms of taking this asset on from AT&T. Well, it doesn't a lot of the layering that was there, uh, delayering, less clutter. Really Maybe it was more bloated. We'll see. Well, look, it could be like when I worked at Fox. There was Roger Ailes, and then there was you, and then there was no one else other than the makeup people. There you go. Um, all Ooh, right. By the way, if you ever said anything, I fired you. Which yeah. I liked. I liked it. That was the least of it. Up next, it's uh, Jim's Mad Dash. We'll also count you down to the opening bell. Got a lot more squawk on the street for you when we come back. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. The only person who's allowed to wear jeans to the stock exchange here. No, they changed the rules just oh, for they? us. Yeah, just for they, the day. They took no, no, no. They took the sign down. Oh, totally. Yeah, the sign is no longer at the door. Did not know that. So, yeah, it may come in in jeans tomorrow. That's right. I've been doing that for a while. Chip had a good quarter, but nobody cared. Powell's no. doing quite badly. Even Macy's, which I think is having a decent quarter, is going down. Uh, VF Corp is doing par- very poorly as the stock. Ralph Lauren's doing very well okay. as the stock. But, right. I'm Stop. sorry. Let's get to your I'm man. Sorry. We're just having a little fun. I'm just line with it. He gives me a hard time about wearing jeans. All right, so get this. One of the most important analysts, oh, by the way, whose work I've loved for three decades, is a guy named Ken Hexer. Yep. Okay, he's at Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Today he does what I've been waiting for. He downgrades the transports. He downgrades Union Pacific, which has been one of the greats, okay, and also has Powder River Coal, and everybody, you know, coal's going higher in price. He downgrades Schneider. He downgrades Canpac. He downgrades UPS, which has fallen from 230 to 190. David, this is it, okay? This is the end of the cycle. Jim, we talked about this, I think, on Monday. Well, because I got it from note, uh, and then you talked about it. Then you had the the Leoron on from Uber Freight. Yes, which has Um, got the biggest, best look spot rights. And it's not like the market hasn't sort of been sniffing something out. Well, but you know, David, the stock was at 190, not that long ago. Um, I would say people have to understand what's happening here. Everyone's got, they added more trucks, they added more trains, they got it everything because things were going up, 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 up. And you know what, David? At the peak, everybody's got all the trucks you need and all the trains you need, but they don't have the cargo because there isn't as much demand. We are at the peak. Congratulations to Jay Powell. Round one goes to him. Because he's engineering a soft landing. You think it's soft? Well, look, it, I could say it's going to be a hard landing. No one's going to ever remember Meanwhile, that. what do you do with these stocks? And it's not yeah. just you, the Pacific, obviously. It's you. Well, yes, it's FedEx uh, of the big names. It's uh, well, so Uni- many the United Parcels just fallen to where it yields more than three. It's 220 down to 190. Union Pacific still has some room to, to go down. FedEx has is, is got this great European initiative that could help unless Russia, Ukraine just gets worse. Um, Union Pacific, unfortunately, has to be sold. It does. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, Norfolk Southern has to be sold. They did some good, good coal. They're all good companies, but they've all had a big run, and Ken Hexter's not going to... Ken Hexter's it. He's the man. Okay? It's good to have the axe. Remember the axe? I don't yeah. want to bury it in my head, sell Union Pacific, even though I love Lance Fritz. the analyst that we're referring to who, who, uh, who turned around on the yeah, segment. Yeah, but the podcast, David. All right. Yeah, we are. We're a podcast, too. It's true. In fact, we want you to always remember that as we get close to an opening bell here. You can catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back after this. Welcome back. Less than a minute to go before we get started with the uh, final trading session of the week. Uh, haven't gotten to oil yet. Obviously, very important in the overall move yeah. in the markets. I, I need your help. My help. You know, Shell had to shut down the, uh, Russia. Yes, right. they, they are now, shuttering their operations. They offloaded great permanent assets to Conoco right. in order to be able to reduce their carbon footprint. Is their carbon footprint in the eyes of the governments that they are regulated by now taken down by the fact that they don't have Russia? I would assume it might be, yes. And they have to buy American Permian assets back or buy Permian assets, period. Why do you, why do you believe well, that? Because they have no growth without Russia. They need growth. And they don't have to worry about ESG if they've lost a lot of carbon assets. So what I'm saying is there could be a wave, a wave of M&A in oil from BP and from Royal Deutsch. I don't know, Jim. BP's first got to weather whatever the write-down's going to be on the gas pump asset. to BP? I don't know. Well, no, that, I don't know. It's like, that's like not, that, that's not like not the most great. Could you give me a little something here? I'll try. Let me, let me quickly do what we got to do here, which sure. is you just heard the opening bell. You saw the real-time exchange here at the big board, by the way. That was footwear retailer designer brand celebrating its 30th anniversary over at the NASDAQ, the Parkinson's Foundation, marking Parkinson's Awareness Month. All right, let's get back to it. What do you, what's your focus when, on BP? What, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, yesterday, saying, I thought you actually said that it might be time to buy that well, stuff. Well, no, I, I think when BP does it, when they announce it. The write-down. Yeah, I mean, you have to wait for it. You have to wait for that, but uh, BP does have good assets. I, I just think that what I'm talking about is more the M&A side, that if you were really worried about, if Royal Dutch was worried about about bumping up against uh, carbon rules, they now don't have to worry, so they can buy something. Now, well, I don't know whether our regulators... You know, there's different ways to approach it. I mean, Shell, listen, you buy Permian, you're just taking stuff out of the ground that then eventually gets... Well, that, Produces I mean, a lot of carbon. Stupid! They sold so, Permian at a low. I know, now they but buy it back. The, the whole idea, and some of the European companies are embracing what is a different strategy than perhaps some of our domestics, which is to actually embrace renewables in the sense of making them a part of their portfolio. Right, that's like what right. Enbridge did. Uh, wind and solar being the two key right. ones. Whereas uh, you know, a company like ExxonMobil is said, no, that's not our core no. competency. We're not right. interested in that. No, so look, I think there are different strategies. Look, I think it's, it's jump ball. I'm trying to figure out what they're all going to do. And I yeah. think that because of your Don't knowledge of Exxon. Don't necessarily see the Europeans actually buying more assets that involve getting. Okay. You've got to leave a lot in the ground if you're going to get anywhere near right, the so carbon targets go, that are out um, there. Reduction do batteries, targets. like that great piece today by Jonas about what battery companies are doing well. Uh, did you see that the UK is embracing nuclear? Yes, I did. And what do you think of that? I think that makes a lot of sense, don't you? Well, does, at what point do you decide I'm going to look at G, open the file on GE? There's two Canadian uh, nukes, nukes coming on. The UK wants to go nuke. Uh, it is. It might be happening. I mean, it, you know, what's the timeline for building one of these new? The mini. Plants? The, the 
It's not really clear how quickly they can put up the small form factors, they call it. I have to do more work on that rather okay. than cuff it. But it is interesting, and you note that, of course, there's so much discussion about the so-called energy transition, and then particularly in light of Russia's war against Ukraine and what that has meant for global supplies of oil and natural gas, uh, in particular for Europe. But the lack of commitment to nuclear in the world and the fact that now people are rediscovered, or at least there's a lot of discussion about it. Right. Meanwhile, France has just always continued to be a nuclear-powered uh, country. French engineers um, and are in this country as a result French of Three Mile Island, artillery. 1976. Right. I mean, well, we, French, how many have we decommissioned, you know? And how many new nuclear power plants have been built? But in the we've last extended 10 years? their lives, but it, we were ever since Three Mile Island and, and the problems of Southern, uh, which, with giant overruns. There's yeah. a nuclear is not a favor here, but. Why isn't it, it, though? It's clean. I because of Fukushima, because of Three Mile Island. Or is it, I mean, the, there is obviously nuclear waste, but it would appear that there are ways to deal with that effectively. Absolutely, but I'm just, I'm just giving you the, what happened. Fukushima was a very important event in the lifestyle of nuke. Although Japan now is, public opinion there is changing, too. Well, because we, everyone's hostage to terrible fuels. By the way, I mean, what, we sent $38 billion, the EU, to, over to, so far to Russia since the war began? I'm sorry, we $38 billion to buy the natural gas. So EU is sending them $38 oh. Billion oh, so yes. they can finance the war yes. against right. They Ukraine. still have yet to, that it has not yet gotten to the point where they're willing to, and they can't. No. I mean, their economy will shut Collapse. down right. in Europe so they, if they truly just right. but I think stop people should know that, that when we up these sanctions, they're meager versus how much the EU is paying Russia for that gas. Our sanctions are almost meaningless versus what the Russians get from Europe. But no one talks about that. You think like, President Biden's going to say something? Well, he's trying to figure out a way, or we're trying to figure out a way to get more natural gas to Europe. Over time, yeah, that's good. Those, take, those plants take only three years. Yeah, Tellurian's ready in 2026. I mean, right. You got Chenier. You've got the private company Freeport, not right. Freeport McMurray, Freeport, uh, and building a train, so to speak, it, it takes a long time. These are Meanwhile, multi-billion-dollar projects to actually allow for the export of, of LNG. Meanwhile, the sell-off in the Nasdaq continues as if nothing's happening. And what does that make you think, Jim? Well, I think that we should go to HP. That's it? It makes you think we should go to HP? No, no, no. I'm using that as an analog. Like, HP sales are awful on the low end. Right. Um, and, and I like Enrique Lourdes very much, but Warren Buffett uh, bought 11% of it, and now the analysts starting to downgrade it. They feel you got a chance to get out of it because they're actually looking at the numbers. Warren Buffett's looking at the cash flow. The cash flow's phenomenal. So... Um, I, yeah, was a, your, David, this is a way to get, it's a segue to Peter Thiel for him to say, we are grabbing? I know, I, I knew you were, and uh, I'm kind of reluctant in some ways. All right. You use such incendiary language, but it is a story that, you know, a lot of people are following. Peter Thiel uh, at that Bitcoin conference we were covering it closely yesterday you in Miami. You down there? They unveiled um, a new bull. Prevented, presented a slideshow, and uh, obviously did include criticisms of uh, a lot of different financial opinion leaders who he claims are trying to stop the growth of cryptocurrency. Take a listen. Enemy number one. I, I think he's sort of... Um, I, I think the sort of the, the sociopathic uh, grandpa from Omaha is, um, is um, you know, uh, 
is, is perhaps the most honest and the most direct in it. When they choose not to allocate to Bitcoin, that is a deeply political choice, and we need to be pushing back on them. We need to say, you know, um, you, have to, you have to get on board on this. It's interesting because it does also raise something you were actually talking with uh, the Squawk Box folks about, sort of this idea of woke, because he's using it a lot, and he's, you know, people on the right using a lot, woke corporations, sort of lumping it all in there, but also the, I'm not sure, his criticism may be perfectly valid. But I, uh, there is a generational gap to a certain extent in, in the willingness to embrace uh, um, uh, uh, Bitcoin and, and the other uh, digital currencies. Um, but his language is, is kind of insane. I, I thought it was I'm not sure it was necessary. I thought it was disconcerting because uh, Warren Buffett is a, deserves respect, and he may disagree with Peter Thiel, but he's not a tyrant by any means. He's never said that you have to be do what he says. As a matter of fact, he's quite open in the letter saying, listen, you don't have to do what I say. So that seemed to be uh, almost like the mentions that I have in my in Twitter. I mean, it just seemed very unfair. Yeah, I, and you know, I used to have Peter Thiel one when I was with you doing this just to annoy you with Larry Kudlow for Kudlow and Kramer, and you know, Peter Thiel's an excellent thinker. He really is. He was, thinker. although I'll tell you, we used uh, to have no, him on was, years ago is, on the old Squawk Box. I remember him on with with me and Mark and Joe. Uh, he wasn't a great hedge fund manager. No, but no, but but he, he's a visionary. He's been a great investor I, as a venture investor. Look, obviously, made an enormous amount like of money. That. But you get in front didn't of the hedge like fund very and well, you, and you get excited and you get overly exuberant. Now, I don't know if he's going to apologize. I just feel that... I mean, he, I mean, that was all set up. He had a slide. It's not like that was in the okay, moment. Okay, you know, it's a rally. I mean, you know, people say before a rally, before Army versus Navy, they don't have anything good to say about Navy before the game. Oh, look, I'm not justified. I, I think it's wrong. But about 99% of our viewers... We can, have the, we can have the conversation Buffett about like, necessarily calling people... Psychopathic? Sociopathic. Sociopathic. And, you know, sociopathic, that's a New negative York term. bankers... We all know what that's code for. Um, all right, let's move on, Jim. Uh, you know, you mentioned, that's obviously, unfortunate. Yeah, you mentioned the weakness in the NASDAQ overall. There continues to be concern every day. I, I've talked about sort of the whiplash. Yesterday it was seemingly, well, don't worry too much about the consumer. Then I had a lunch with a number of uh, investors yesterday who seemed very concerned about the consumer and said everything you're looking at is backward looking. you got to think more forward, despite what... We've seen from Chip Berg on the call with Levi saying, I don't have my hand, head in the sand, despite what you've, you know, you've seen from a number of the CEOs you've had join you on Mad Money this week. Corey Barry, who has an excellent daily rap and also has a visionary rap about uh, Best Buy. I disagree. I'm going to bridle at what they're saying. It, guys and gals, Best Buy's at nine times earnings with a 4% yield. What, you're like revelatory? Was it like revelatory? The consumer's going, Toll Brothers at five times. Wow, you know what? Maybe Toll is not going to do I mean, come on. Stop being as stupid as you are. These stocks have reflected that view for ages. Once once we get the, get it, uh, mortgage rates to six and the number of cut it happens in Toll, you have to buy Toll. So these people are fighting the last war. They think that, that the market hasn't noticed that. Hello? The market hasn't noticed that? I mean, HP would be dramatically lower if it weren't for the sociopath. How could he have said that about Warren Buffett? That was really horrible. But I'm just saying that, the, look at Macy's. Okay, Macy's is at five times earnings, right? Uh, it, it, it has a, a lot of optionality. It happens to have an absolutely terrific CEO. It, it's not um, revelatory that people think that business is going to get very bad. It's not. 
So your point is simply this has already been reflected yeah. to a certain extent. Well, in well it's the, like, you know, stock wow, prices, they're really worried, down, they're really about, worried the about the consumer. consumer. Well, Macy's is at four times earnings. Do you think that the people who own that stock are not worried about it? People have been blowing out of that stock. The short position goes up every day. Oh, you know what? I'm worried about the consumer. Well, guys, the time to worry was a year ago. I'm embarrassed by that. <clears throat> not as bad as, like, I, Peter Thiel and recant those very you won't, you won't. Uh, that's his, that's Ill, his Ill, MO. ill-advised comments. That's his M.O. David, what do you think about CVS? CVS. Charlie Victor. What do I think about it? Yeah, I have a theory. I mean, I still am waiting for them to unlock the ice cream sandwiches at my local CVS. Really, How about the Gillette? Richard? I want them. It's 9 o'clock. Okay, can I, I give you, you a know, I need my sugar. I'm knocking on the darn cabinet, and it's, right. it's well, never locked. Mind. I was just what am I supposed you. to do? I want my Haagen-Dazs. No, I can't just, get it. We are now embracing what will soon be a regimen that you have to have a shot every four months. Omicron counts as a shot. So that means yeah. you're going to return to CVS and it could get a second wave and Aetna could get a second wave. So stay there. And while I have you, I just want to say as a, apropos of the wrong things, I want to say the right thing. There's a company that's hit a 52-week all-time high today named Centene, and that's not what's important. Oh, yeah. Michael Nidorf passed away. Yeah. Uh, maybe one of the most charitable, visionary people in the world. He gave a lot of people more. He took advantage of Obamacare to give a lot of people health care. He ran a company uh, splendidly, and he was a great man. Yeah, passed away at the age of 79 after a long illness, a and I know you were a, a big supporter of his. On every had him on all the time. I just don't. Sometimes there are people, I mean, when they had problems, uh, race problems in St. In Louis, he's the first to be able to rush to it, try to help. And I can't believe he's not alive. I just can't believe it. Uh, yeah, our condolences. Uh, to his family, to, who lost his daughter. Mr. Neurodoss' family. He's just a really great guy. I talked to him quite a bit off camera. Yeah. About what has to happen in our country. And he, I'm going to just put it out there. He said, had the Republicans allowed price adjustments for areas that the major HMOs would not write insurance, uh, then many millions of people would be covered. But they wanted to, this is Michael Nyra, they wanted Affordable Care Act to fail uh, because it was keystone to their campaign. And he thought that that was almost criminal. It's criminal. He's a good man. Um, always hard to move on, so to I speak. I had to say, I just, from, uh, my staff knew how to No, say. I know. I know you, you were a... a, a, a uh, and when he lost his daughter. Very appreciative, Mr. Nidor. It's just a sad time. Um, I do want to end, though, Jim, uh, just on some other news. We followed, obviously, JetBlue and Spirit. JetBlue uh, is going to have an opportunity at least to present to Spirit's board of directors and tell them why uh, it should be allowed to potentially be considered and or why its bid is better than the deal it already has underway uh, with Frontier. Okay, well, tell me, why doesn't um, Lena Khan... Uh, it's, first of know, all, con, con, it's the DOJ that would rule on this, oh my gosh, not the Jonathan FTC. Canner? Yes. Oh, then forget right. it. It's DOJ all done. does airlines. It's over. You and I have made the point. There seems to be a great, I have to say, there's consensus here, perhaps not shared in the JetBlue boardroom, that no, it's not going to happen. Jonathan You're going to get challenged if you try to buy them. Department. But you know what? This gives JetBlue an opportunity, and we heard from the CEO the other day, to make its case to the board of Spirit and say why, in fact, and what it's willing to do, perhaps, to help mitigate some of the concerns it may have about an antitrust um, problem There's no that, way that you would bring. 
But you're right. Many people just defaulting to no way. You know, look, no way. this guy is a total heavyweight from Paul Weiss. Everyone knew he's a heavyweight. Talking about he's very pro-corporate. Competition. But right, the head he's of, in there to stop competition. Head of antitrust. To create competition. DOJ, yeah. Who if anything, he wants Delray to break Hamilton. up the mergers that occurred under Obama. That's not easy. No, I'm That's just saying. Not just putting, now, David, who are the lawyers involved? Do you know? No, I don't. I don't. I haven't looked. We should. I know. I should. Because they're going to make a lot of money for nothing. Uh, you're right. Goldman Sachs is JetBlue. The legal, Sherman and Sterling is uh, JetBlue's legal Sterling advisor. Good. It sounds like the real, you know, well, whatever. I don't Sherman want to denigrate anybody. But legal how about the equity capital markets? See that piece saying they don't even bother? There are no equity capital markets for the first quarter. That's funny you mentioned equity capital markets because yeah. Bob Pisani, you cover those pretty closely, particularly when it comes, of course, to new issues, which have been far and few between so far this year. Let's get over to Bob right now. Get a look at the broader market. Hello, David. Hi, David. Uh, yeah, it's been a horrible first quarter. Uh, n- next week, I'll have something to say about what the IPO market's going to look like in the second quarter. People are pretty cautious right now. I'll be talking to people uh, at the ETF conference next week in Miami Beach about that. Meantime, um, starting the week kind of like uh, we uh, ending the week, a little bit like we started it, with energy still in control. You're tired of seeing energy as the leader uh, or metals, XME. Uh, that, that little ETF has attracted enormous amounts of inflow in the last few months. Banks are showing a little bit better performance today, but they've been awful generally on the week. Consumer staples have held up really well, defensive sectors, and those semis are not looking good. The SMH is not far, not far from a 52-week low, believe it or not. I've been saying all week that the stock market is acting like we're in a late cycle stage of the economy. What does that mean? Well, that's the stage prior to a recession. So you're selling off this defensive sector is dramatically. We've been talking about the transports all week. It's the number one topic. They're down 6%. Semis are down 5%. Banks are down almost 5%. The home builders, 4%. There's a lot of new lows in the home builders uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, and industrials are down 2%. This is what late cycle stock market looks like. You sell off the defensive. Now, I know Jim and David were talking about Bank of America's downgrade of the transports. And yes, we're seeing those transport stock uh, down again today. Uh, uh, thanks for the uh, the notice. A little bit late, guys. We've been noting all week that the transports were at 52-week lows. The market has sussed this out uh, a long, long time ago. So the new low list was was a lot of transportation stocks this week. Uh, Mr. Hexter over at Bank of America said prices declining rapidly, capacities available. These shifts could signal a downturn in the economy and lower demand. Um, would have been nice to hear that a few weeks ago. It's buy low, sell high. But uh, nonetheless, there you got your downgrade, uh, and we'll pay attention to that. In the meantime, what else is late cycle behavior? You hold on to defensive stocks, and you hold on to commodity stocks. So look what's going on this week. Healthcare's up 3%. Consumer staples up 3%. Utilities are up 2%. REITs up 1%. There you go. Uh, defensive, interest rate sensitive, commodity stocks like energy and metals doing well. Again, that's that's all late cycle uh, behavior for the stock market. Uh, if you take a look at the new highs this week, well, it's littered with basic, you know, defensive names and utilities all, all over the place. So we got Walmart at a new high. You've got uh, Hershey's. You've got Duke. There's a whole pile of various utilities at 52-week highs. Again, late cycle behavior here in the defensives are what's leading uh, the market to uh, at new highs. Meantime, in terms of earnings, it's still early, but I just want to point out 
WD-40, which is a real old stalwart and a favorite of the of uh, the, the old school crowd uh, like me. Uh, they had their earnings out. They were pretty good. But again, usual story about the challenging inflationary environment. They have a lot of significant commodity inputs here. They talk about significant gross margin deterioration. They make a lot of money, 55% gross margins, and they drop to 50%. That's a lot. 500 basis point decline in, in the gross margins. And they said, look, we're, we're trying to get it back. We're trying to raise prices, but they can't raise tr- prices fast enough. And here, I think you're going to see a theme for the second quarter. So they reduced their net guidance a little bit to account for the fact that they can't increase the prices fast enough. David, you're going to see this a lot. This was, you know, uh, WD-40 was one of the, briefly, one of the darlings of the pandemic. It shot up uh, in 2020. But uh, now I think you're going to, it's, it's leading the charge of what you're going to see in some of the uh, guidance for earnings. David, back to you. Yeah. Such great points, uh, Bob. Yes. You know, figures into our discussion earlier as well about advertising spending to a certain extent, which sometimes can also fall victim when you're not able to make up margin uh, the way you just described with WD-40. Uh, we'll see you later, Bob. Bob Bassani. Yeah, Jim. So ConAgra's telling me we've got to be a uh, little uh, deep, uh, deep. Let's say that our answers may not be perfect. They are saying to me they're di- they dialed back their fourth quarter A&P, their ads, yes. um, because of supply constraints on certain brands. So continuing to increase demand short term only makes that short term supply challenge worse. So, so it's more about they're not saying stuff that they on the shelves, right. which, again, is another whole issue that you don't advertise for stuff that you right. can't. So sell. I just wanted to point that. No, out. I'm glad you did. No, problem. glad you did. By the way, a reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club, get updates like that from Jim. Sign up and find out more on CNBC.com slash join the club or. You can just point your phone at the QR code on the screen and it will take you right there. All right, let's get to a bond report before you, we take a very quick break for you. Uh, of course, treasuries figure very prominently at this point, but we've seen, by the way, if you own a bond fund, we don't talk about that enough. No, we sure don't. Things are not going great. No. At all. Now somebody this morning texted me, I'm down 11% of my bond portfolio in the last month. You have to be short term. Why? Because of that. 10-year note, 2.713. We'll be right back. Calling it mana now, officially. Right? I like that. Some of us. Amazon, you know, that's that's consumer worries to a certain extent, and that continues there, even though the strength of AWS may overshadow any weakness. Well, no one made it. 40 years, nobody made it. They had mana from heaven. They didn't make it. We're back up to this. All right, just enough time for you to tell us what's on Mad Money tonight. Brands growth at a reasonable price. That's Medella and that's Corona and much more. And I can't wait to speak to them. They're very, very good. Bill Moons. Yeah. Uh, very good. Without a doubt. Still oh, cannabis, too, well, right? I was going to say, well, ask about canopy. You have to ask about canopy, which has not been good. No. no. Early. All right, I'll see you Monday. Yeah. Right, have a relaxing Again, weekend. Uh, Michael Nodder. Yeah. It's okay. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com.